This is Sharing the Journey Part 3. I, the third time's the charm, or stretch her out, or he I did, don't know. He said the third time he says something, you better pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> so I better be on my toes here. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I'm just curious, do you remember, I, I don't usually ask this, but how did you come to Christ? Do you remember, did you have a, do you have a actual, like, experience that you remember? Or? Yeah, I have several. I, I think I, I seriously believe that as a little child, I had been drawn to God right from probably conception. <laughs> I really believe that I knew that it was love that gave me life because my mother started hemorrhaging in the beginning of the fourth month and that's when in a bodily form the placenta attaches to the wall of the uterus and then you first feel the baby move, the mother does, and the baby first hears the sound of the voice of the mother. Before that you're in this suspension of this bungee-like cord hanging in water and I believe that God is communicating with every infant for those first three months because when we're born we come out looking for love how would we know to look for love unless we had known that in some way in the design shape of how God created every human being to come looking for him and I think the parents are the first experience of what God should be like or must be like. And that's what gets so mixed up with some people. They think God is mean because their parents were mean. They think God is uh, wanting them to be perfect because of the demands made upon them by someone other than God. And I really believe I knew him from conception. To be, I, I know that sounds so weird, but I think those first three months I was... I was dialed in because she started hemorrhaging in the fourth month and I had a dream of me holding on to the umbilical cord and refusing to get aborted. I was clutching the cord not coming out. <laughs> now what do I do with that, Shelley? All I know is that's what's happened. She went to bed, she held me in her body for another uh, two months and then she started to hemorrhage again so my life is a miracle right from the beginning but I was always inclined toward connection and relationships and be re being relationally seeking I always was that way and wanted that so I think that was sort of the platform I loved Sunday school but I was yeah I was kind of outspoken when I asked are you reading the red words I mean <laughs> she looked shocked and I was you know probably eight or seven and um <clears throat> but yeah that meant that meant something to me because I wanted to hear directly from the person of God and hear what he said about himself so the seeking other seeking connection was always there and I um had been baptized as an infant but then I also went as a young person and I was rebaptized because I wanted to make that outward confession of my dying with Christ on the cross and being resurrected into his life given to me 
in Genesis 1. Genesis 1 has always been what has informed me in terms of where to look for what God thinks and came and died for it to restore again. You know, he says, you think Genesis 3 is the final word? Uh-uh. Watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to regather and recapture for this person what was stolen from them and taken. So I needed to show on the outside my inward faith. So I did do that um, later on in my 20s. Um, were you done or did you have more you wanted to say? No, no. It was just about giving my life to the Lord. I wanted to I wanted to uh, make a profession of faith to the community of faith um, and for myself to show that it wasn't because my parents had me baptized as an right. infant that it was my own uh, life and choice. Um, how does the presence of God, how does having the presence of God in your life on a daily basis make a difference to you, especially in dealing with the limitations that you have over your, had over your life and, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. I believe God being perfect love is a purifier of our fear and a quantifier of what am I afraid of and a revealer of where he is with me and I've actually had um, I know that perfect love casts out fear but I've I have called out to God in despair many times and I can think of one um, pretty usual statement during that time where are you God I mean just where are you feeling cut off or closed off and hearing in the response that I would receive would be something like I'm as close as you're breathing and then I would go back to Genesis 1 again. You see, it just takes me there every time almost. And I would think, oh, God breathed life into me. I'm not just breathing my breath with my breath alone. I'm breathing with the breath of God and my breath. So it would bring me back into, I'm not here alone. I'm with God all the time. I just lose sight of that sometimes. And then I think we do go into fear when we do feel like we're the only one that's with us, you know, isolated and more um, unaware, cut off. The cutting off thing is ugh, awful. <clears throat> I'm remembering another time, Shelley, that I called out to God and I said, and, and I meant it, I want to die. I, I just don't want to be here anymore. It's too painful. And the response I would hear or did hear, and this one time I particular I'm thinking of he says I want you to and I said what and his next response was I want you to die to self and see what I see and how I see it and I said okay <laughs> okay I will I want to be completely used by you I want to see what you see I want my sight to be your sight. I want my heart to be your heart. I want you to open me up to that. Because anything less than that is just going to remain less rather than the more of what you always are offering us. You're always offering us more. Um... 
Um, you mentioned a couple people who had inspired your you on your faith journey. Who who's been inspiring you recently? Well, lately it's been uh, again. It's been one of the the ones recently that I listen to often is Dallas Willard. Um, they're not necessarily people that I'm able to sit and meet with face to face, although they are people of depth and with the kingdom of God in mind. Um, some of them are authors, you know, Diedrich Bonhoeffer for another one I told you about him, C.S. Lewis, I really like, uh, Ray Anderson, my mentor, um, I still think of, but he's also quite published and I've read uh, his books over and over. I revisit them um, because they are so grounded in the depth of God at that heart level first. I think if we hear with our heart first and then it gets into our head second, what's going to get into our head is going to be filtered and be different. Um, yeah, I think that's been current. You know, I've been... Well, and, and, and not... Not to mention friends. I do have friends that are inspiring. <laughs> you do? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I have friends. And conversations with friends about the Lord is inspiring to me. Shared experiences of God. You know, I was thinking more who do I individually, you know, gravitate toward. But in terms of um, what I enjoy in my faith, in life of faith, are those shared conversations that we have together over something that has to do with you know what got what's God up to what's God doing do you have any particular books or podcasts or whatever music whatever that you would recommend for someone interested in growing in their faith or maybe in Christian psychology hmm good question yeah I should have what you yeah, know, I was gonna ask I haven't that. Thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. Let me think for a minute. Um, Sandy Wilson is a really good person to read. She works a lot with trauma, and I've done a lot of work with trauma, having had a few things of trauma myself. You know, there's all kinds of trauma, physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual, but she's uh, she's very good. Is she a writer? Or a yeah, she's a writer. She's a speaker. She's on the East Coast. Um, and she hopefully is good for people that are dealing with those kinds of things. I don't know if this particular podcast you're doing reaches that, that need in people or not. I don't know. I don't know who's listening. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I I love right now. I just love the choices that are on podcasts that are on YouTube. You know, you can go to Facebook and type in um, the work that Dallas Willard's doing, and there are volumes of choices with him. He's got one on the Trinity. That is just many, 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 many on the Trinity of God and the relationship that God has with God. 
you know, because they're all equal. Nobody's subject to each other. They're all equally in love with each other and in complete form unity. And it's always been that way. So anything that is a division is not in keeping with what has always been from the beginning and will always be. So that I like. He he, he breaks it down in um, spiritual disciplines. He has those uh, in training on how to train up people to be disciples rather than, he calls them apprentices. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're all apprentices of God and we're all learning how to be disciples, the discipleship. But I, I think that Bonhoeffer, I would point people to Bonhoeffer because people that don't know about him, he was the German pastor that formed a um, a private underground seminary and was teaching students during the time of Hitler. And he um, and a couple other people determined that Hitler had to be stopped in whatever way he could be stopped. And so together they were trying to figure out how to go about that. And um, he was caught being a part of that plan and he was taken into a prison which he never got out of and his last act on earth was giving the guards that were getting ready to hang him communion. That's impressive. Very. <laughs> and they didn't actually want to do what they had to do. The guards later could hardly stand it in their own lives that they had they felt they had to do that or they'd lose their lives mm -hmm. but that was what he did on his side and he at the time when he when he came back to Germany he says if I take a stand for one Jew I'm taking a stand for all Jews meaning if you take a stand for one human being you're taking a stand for all humanity yeah, I'm pretty impressed with him. So I'll go back and reread his books. There are many, many letters and papers from prison. Uh, the prayers of Diedrich Bonhoeffer. You get to read his prayers. He had just gotten engaged before he went into prison. And when his family was trying to find him and she was trying to find him. And his letters that he was writing to her about his love. And how love never dies. And he would see her again. I mean, it was just this really deep, beautiful stuff. He was living in eternity in the now. I, I would I would point people probably to him as a writer. Many books by, by Juju Bonhoeffer. Ed, Ed Farg Bethge, B-E-T-H-G-E, was a very close friend of his who has written also. So he's an also another one to think about, maybe. Okay, the last faith question that I have, and then you can share anything else that you didn't get to share that you want to share um, so you can answer this with recently you can answer well actually I have one more question after this but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think just kind of emerge it's yeah, wonderful yeah. Um, is um, how has the Lord worked in and through you and you can answer that with your past or you can answer that it you know recently or well, he's worked in me to heal me of much and is still working on that, to be honest. I mean, I have moments, of course, but the moments don't last as long. 
And in that way, I believe that I can not only understand cognitively, but I know what it's like to suffer and to go through experiences that you think that you could never go through or get through. And I don't know if we ever completely get through them, because when you think of God being the same past, present, future, we are the same past, present, future. We do not cut off any part of our life. Our life becomes like our cross that we wrap our arms around and say, give it to me. It's got my name on it. It belongs to me. And so if we're open to God using all of our life, um, count on it coming up. <laughs> you know, It's going to come up. Because it should. It's the very thing that informs a person about how difficult that is and yet how holy it is. Because after all, we are called to join in Christ's suffering on His cross in order to be resurrected. I do believe that we carry our own cross, meaning our own life. Um, and so when people say, oh, that was all in the past, it doesn't have anything to do with me now, think of the future, past is gone, I'm saying, no, the past is never gone. It's our life story, and it should be treated with regard. Think about Jesus still having the nail prints in his hands when he showed himself to his disciples after the resurrection. I think he has a high regard for the suffering that we go through and actually calls it holy when it is informing us, informing us more into who we were created to be in the beginning. It's like taking the dross off the gold and we're to shine in um, the final word of who we are. So I think that that part, um, hopefully, is the part that I can bring in as a healing agent. I'm certainly not full gold yet. I would love to be, but I'm also not unhappy with God for taking me through the process. Because in going through that, I feel like I know Him better. And I know more of what it means to have something really count for something that's eternal and is lasting and is going to give that person their whole life, not just a part life. I've had people tell me, what you said to me really helped me. And then I say, oh really, what was that? Because <laughs> honestly, sometimes I just find myself carried with, with something that I can see and and notice, and it kind of catches my attention, almost like an artistic place, because I believe that whenever two people sit down together, God is working between them. He's working in them each, yes, but there's that third space where he's working between them, and he's bringing something to the other because of the other that they would not have on their own. So I'm always looking, you know, even like now, I'm thinking, well, how's God using us together here and what is he up to between us that he wants to have be something that informs us both he doesn't leave either one of us out of that I, I don't think he ever leaves anybody out of a two or three gathered I think 
He's always giving something to all three or all two. Two people together is a very intimate connection. You add three and then you've got community. You know, we've got the community of the the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit being the one that draws us to the agreement that is taking place between the Father and Son because it's in the agreement that God's going to get his way. You know what I mean? He's pretty smart. He's going to get his way because his way is better than ours. But I think the Father and Son being in full agreement with each other, that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to lead us to, is that which is going on between them. And then it's the three and three and one and three and two. Um, so the last question, this really is the last question. Um, how would you like the listeners, assuming I have, you know, one or two, um, to pray for you? Gosh, pray for me to be at this age in my last chapter of life. You know, I want to finish strong and and finish well and run the race, even though I can't run. <laughs> Win the race. I want to complete the race um, fully. Run the race that's set before me. Um, that's what I'm doing. I the race. I, I anyway. knew that. I knew, like I said, I just doubled 40 and I'm kind of shocked at that I you know I don't feel that but I know that is my place and that's my time scripture says uh, a person's allotted 70 years and if it's over that then it's grace so I'm kind of way past that (laughs) (laughs) however I do come from a long life people so maybe my genes uh, that I've inherited will be uh, a welcome thing. My grandmother passed at ninety-eight, so I don't know if I'm wow. gonna, I don't know if I'm going to live another 80, 18 years. But what if? And her brother passed at one hundred and three. Oh wow! And his sister passed at one hundred. Their sister passed at one hundred and two. So we'll see. My father, not quite that long, but either way, um, God knows. But yeah, pray for this these last chapters. I'm, you know, in transition, being an eighty-year-old. I'm trying to grow into my number. Because <laughs> we're ageless and we're, we have an age both. You know, we're all ages we've ever been. Sometimes I feel like I'm a two-year-old. <laughs> Why do you have to ask those kind of questions, Susan? I don't know. I just do. <laughs> Pretty fun being a human being, isn't it, sometimes? Is there anything else you wanted to share that I... Well, I would like to say to everybody, and I don't even know, Shelly, you know them. um, I love you, first of all. Secondarily, I know that you love everybody that you've invited on here. And that love is not just a word. It is a life. And it is um, a spirit that moves over the waters of being fully alive and... um, your gifting in doing these podcasts is a real treasure and a real gift, and I'm really grateful that you do this. I think it's wonderful. Well, thank you. Like I always say on these, I'm more blessed by doing them than... I mean, it's just... It's amazing, so... It is amazing, Grace, yeah. All right, well... Your truck yeah, just finally up. finished. Isn't that amazing? Your truck just blew Really? Yeah, just now. Oh, wow. <laughs> perfect that is cool. Is God in control of time? Whoa.
I'd say so. <laughs> Let me go 